Totally, just Nathan. <laughs> Some t yeah, that's me as well. Um, Anybody else? Mm -hmm. Life? Okay, life. I like that. That's like really deep. Yeah. Mm. That's like really deep. <sighs> Dang. Oh my. Mm. All right. What, when you hear worship, what does it mean to you, like personally? Closeness. You said connecting with God? Connection with God. Closeness? Mm. Refueling. Refueling. That's good. Fill up the tank a little bit. Yeah. Fill up the tank a little bit. Okay. One on one. One on one. Mm. One on one. One more from this side. Love. Love. Oh. What, do you, what do you think of, Micah? Mm. Feel like it means to me like an intimate relationship, like the closest one I have. By far. Mm -hmm. mm. What about you? Man, that's a really loaded question. Um, whenever you first asked it, I kind of thought of like belonging, but not like any sort of like Jesus belonging. But I think of music, right? But I think of like different areas that playing music has allowed me to go and be and belong and like friends I've made, like, like for a hey, you, but also like, I mean, even people in this room, like Nathan and, and Emma are like, I would not have those friendships. And I, and I, there's a sense of belonging there that I wouldn't have if it was like, and I think of that when I hear of worship, I think of all the things I've been able to do and, and I don't know, it's like warm and tingly feelings. So um, there's a moment in particular regarding worship. And in this moment, it was with music. Um, but we know worship is more than that. But we were, uh, I think it was, you guys can help me, but I think it was, what was the year we did the plates? Was that my junior year? No, it was more than two years ago. I was in college two years ago. I was in 14, three years ago. So we had a great discussion. We were out there in the back. And uh, we came back and we did worship. And I think it was like Thursday. And man, like our group just had like the best discussion ever. And then we were like jammed up here. And we just like, it was like the first time we played Wake. And it was just insane. And um, that's, that's a moment. Um, I think I was like next to Keaton. We were like crying together. There's somebody else. But like, <laughs> There's these moments that I can think of. <laughs> I, I, I feel think sorry it was. for whoever that yeah, was. Yeah, I can't think of who it was. Um, but there's these moments, like, that's a specific moment where through the giftings of people, like, because I wasn't leading that day, but um, there was this, man, there was this, like, a moment in time where I could just, like, sense Jesus, like, super real. And it was just, like, it just, like, hits you with, like, like a ton of bricks. And, like, we all have these moments, right? You guys can probably think back, whether it be, like, last year at boot camp or maybe if this is your first boot camp, maybe there's a, a time um, in your life where you're just like, man, God is real. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of what we're, we're tackling today is moments. Yeah, we're talking about moments. Of worship. And even, but even out of worship, all capitals, moments. Um, anyways, sorry. I am not a good speaker in front of people, so just bear with me. And also, 
bless Micah, but this is not our gifting to like talk about things. So we're doing it. Um, moments are important. And like on all of our lives, I can think of a few things where like something happened and it changed me for like ever. And I mean, whether it could be when you got your driver's license or I know some of us have had people like close to us die. And that was a moment in time that when that happened, it hit us pretty hard, right? And I mean, a lot of people say one of the most important days of your life is when you're born and then when you find out why. And all of these are moments that set the trajectory, you know? Sometimes your parents or you got a job and then boom, next thing you know, you're spending 40 hours a week at a place that you would have never otherwise because of this moment that happened, right? And just in general, there are, there's something to be said about things to think back on and, and moments and pivotal, you know, like, it's like a board game and this is like, we move six spaces and then we hang out here for a moment in time and then, I love board games, and then, you know, you roll a one and then you just move a little bit and then you roll double sixes and then you get to roll again because it's a double. Anyways, whatever. But anyways, Micah has something he wants to say. So, <laughs> um, so like back to like that moment, um, what I've begun to realize is that through scripture and just experience is that those moments, you, they help you in the future. So when you have those struggles, um, you have like these kind of valleys in your life of like not feeling super close to God. Um, you can look back on those, right? And you like, you know that Jesus was real and you know he's real now, even though I might not feel him the same way I did that day. Um, so basically how I view it is that in that moment, I experienced a little bit of heaven. The kingdom of heaven came, even if it was just for a second. And like, I just experienced what someday heaven will be like. And it was just like a beautiful thing. Um, so, you know, Jesus talks a lot about the kingdom of heaven. Um, so I'm going to talk from, uh, Luke 18. And I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago at youth, but, um, this is about the rich young ruler and Jesus is, um, or this guy comes up to Jesus and asks him, how do I inherit the kingdom of God? Um, and basically Jesus was like, dude, you're doing everything right. You're saying the right things. You're living the right way. But for this man, money was like the ultimate like thing that mattered to him. And because of that, he didn't want to give up the possessions, the money um, to experience everything that God had. So he was doing the right things, saying the right things, living the right things, but he still had this one thing, the only thing in his life that was holding him back from experiencing the kingdom of God, right? So when you think about like Jesus, the way he lived, everyone that came in contact with him was changed, right? Like it was just like, he was a game changer. And that's because he had nothing holding him back. So um, as we kind of transition, um, the kingdom... We want, we want to create those moments for other people. And we have gifts, we have talents um, that God has given us. And I believe, and I want to encourage you, that whatever that may be, you know, Keaton's gifts are a lot different than my gifts, or Naomi's gifts, or Jalea's gifts. Um, but God wants to use those things and create moments for other people to experience the kingdom of heaven, right? So... Um, yeah, so just be thinking about that. Maybe in your journal, you can be starting to think through, okay, what am I good at? How can God 
better use me in those areas. You know, even while you were sharing that story, how you were talking about everyone that Jesus came into contact with, each one of those people had a moment that changed them. And a lot of times, like, where's Kiefer? Oh, I'm going to pick on you a little bit because I love you. But it was a few boot camps ago. We had a conversation over on the side of the, the room here. And I didn't really think much about it. But that was a moment for you that you're always going to remember. And I was not cognizant of it. But in that moment, man, the Holy Spirit came down and brought a little bit of heaven right in that moment. And just how you're different from me in different ways that we experience and connect with God. Kind of like last night for the talk time, the question, you know, is, you know, what ways have you experienced God closely? You know, and that's going to be different for each person, um, which is a beautiful thing, but it's also a little bit of a scary thing because here, some, you know, God laid something on Micah's heart to share today, right now, and yet the revelation that he has about it, you may not understand right now, but you might understand it at some point in time. And, and when Joe, every time that, you know, he speaks even on a Sunday, it's, it's this something that God has made real to him that he is trying to kind of express and hopefully create a moment in each one of you. And uh, I've, I'm sure I've shared this with a few other people, but this is one of my favorite Psalms and it gets me so psyched. It's Psalm 42. And I'm just going to read this. A lot of people know the beginning half, but they don't kind of read further on. You know, it's, that's, um, I'm just going to read it and we'll just go from there. All right. As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go to meet him? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. First of all, I love the word throng. Second of all, I mean, that's what we are. We're a throng of people right now. And we can get pretty festive. And we are in the house of God right at this moment. And moment, oh my goodness. Anyways, so one of the major things that stick out to me, right, is this guy is like, this was not written by David. This was written by the sons of Korah. And it was kind of a lament, right? So they're going on. I mean, tears have been my food. Everything's pretty dire. There's a lot of despair going on. And then he says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how we used to go to the house of God. Um, I had a second cousin uh, commit suicide. Um, and as you guys get older and you take different psychology classes and different things, a lot of times whenever somebody is going through a tough time um, or is depressed, it's hard for them to see the love other people have for them and also... They, it's just the hurt. That's what we see. And in a moment in time, he took his life. And I remember at the funeral, I heard his mom say, you know, if only I had known, if only I'd known what he was going through, I could have done something. And, I mean, if only I had known, even personally. I mean, and any of us would have known personally, even if we didn't know Jared well, we would have done something, right? We would have tried to have some moment with him that he could have looked back and said, hey, life is worth it. 
And in this psalm, as he's despairing, as he's in the lowest of the lows, he said, these things I remember, worshiping together in the house of God. And in that moment, this is the thing that I'm holding on to. This is the thing that's making me strong. And we need to be there for each other to have those moments so that even when we're depressed, when we feel like we're not worth anything, that we can look back at moments we've had, whether it's in times of worship, whether it's in times of conversation, and say, it's worth it. I can point to those things and say, God was there. Heaven came down and it's worth it. And so, how can we create and, 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 and live our lives where we're conscious of those divine appointments, those divine moments. Um, like I'm very much musically minded, and so everything makes me think of a song. There's a song that the band Delirious sings called History Maker. And that's like, and I'm sure you guys have heard that phrase, like, oh, you know, you need to be a history maker, you need to change history, blah, 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 whatever. Anyways, like that's kind of like an overwhelming thought. It's like, I'm not going to change history. I'm just me. But, yeah, easy, David. Um, uh, but it's like, we need to be, to even break that down in a simpler way. I was thinking about this last night as I was going to bed. It's like, we need to be moment makers. Because even if we don't realize what's going on, God is working. And we need to be the moment makers. So, <clears throat> the tough part about this is that it's super hard to, to allow God to use the things he's given to create these moments um, because we're very selfish beings. We're very, um, at least for me, I, I like to do things myself. I don't like asking for help. Um, but to do things to the magnitude that God wants and to do everything that he's called me to do, I have to give it to him in order for him to, to be able to use it. Um, so at the end of chapter 18, uh, this is what Jesus says to the man. He says, truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come. So, guys, Jesus wants to give you everything and more. He wants to use you in like, guys, in uncomprehendable, like, yeah, uncomprehendable, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, you guys cannot fathom what he wants to do. Um, I've seen this play out in my life. I'm in, the place I'm in now is, like, just ridiculous to me. I don't understand how. But other than that, you know, it's hard. You know, sometimes you have to move away. Sometimes you have to start understanding things for your own and, and laying down some of your, your selfish desires um, in order to submit to what God has for you. And, guys, I'm telling you that it's so worth it. Um, so we have a couple questions that you guys can write down in your journal and then um, we're going to play one song um, and during this first song you guys can kind of like sit write um, and then like kind of ponder maybe these couple questions and then we're going to a, a more corporate time of worship after that so yeah. if you want to ask the first question how are we limiting God in my notes I have with being lazy I might have changed it lazy is a strong word we can do with being indifferent. How are we limiting God by being indifferent?
Hmm. That's a good question. Good Lord. Cool. Does everybody have that one? All right, so you guys don't have to write the answer down right now. Like I said, we'll have some time in a minute. Uh, but you got, can you go to the next, the next question? There's two. Just, There's just those, two questions. I didn't want to overwhelm you. Spanish means. All right, so, so this question is, is, is kind of, obviously, it's pretty straightforward. But how can you give God more of your best? And this kind of came out of me thinking about, you know, I was thinking through, okay, what am I best at? What has God given me the skills to do, like, the best? Like, something that maybe a lot of people couldn't do. And I, I guess I, I'm still figuring that out. But, um, so, like, for example, um, me playing guitar. Um, I could give God that, right? And that's fine. And I, if, I gave it, so I, if I gave it to God last boot camp, right? And I'm like, okay, God, I'm committing this to you, and I'm going to practice this amount every day. Um, that's great, but if you're not continually renewing and like excelling and, and trying to push yourself, even in those areas that you're best in, then, um, then that, that growth can't happen. Um, so that's what it's rooted out. I, I want you guys to think through, as you start writing about, like, in, in response to this question, think through the thing that you think God is, like, you're the best at, your best skill. And I want you guys to push what you think God can do with it. Ask God to challenge um, what you think is possible in that. And because uh, he wants to use what you're good at. And he wants you to, to continue to get better at that as well. So, Yeah, and just to piggyback, it's like, yeah, pursue those moments in those things that you are good at. And there's a lot of things that I suck at. And I think we all can vibe with that. You know, there's things that we're not as good at, and then there's things, obviously, we're better at. But, like, one thing that I really struggle with is, like, I don't like reading. So, like, I'll read the Bible, but it's, like, it's not, like, a joy to me. And also in this time where we're just kind of journaling, and it's like not all of you guys connect the way that maybe Micah does or Aaron does with worship and music, but pray for that. Pray for a heart of worship. Pray for a heart for God's word so that we all can kind of grow in this together. Um, and I went ahead and compiled some. There's like, we may not even get through all of them. I just do through tons of scripture verses. These are all like my favorite scripture verses where it comes to bringing heaven to earth with music, talking about different ways to worship, different commands to worship. If you want to, just start jotting these things down because all of these scripture verses have spoke to me in some way. Um, and the reason why, I mean, if you go to any church, one thing that's almost always the same is there's a time of worship where we come together and we sing together. It's because God made us to create moments in that time, here and now, so that we can look back at different times when times is rough and say, but this I remember. But this is what I hold to. Um, also, Micah wrote this first song. So. Okay. All right. If you guys want to just stand up, we can kind of find a spot and uh, journal. And we're just going to worship. Mm -hmm.